You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this this Friday morning. Let's turn to our uh, next topic and guests of today. In the next 15 minutes or so, we're talking about women and financial literacy. Uh, When it comes to money, uh, are women less confident than men? And and also when it comes to money, uh, are women a bit behind when it comes to uh, retirement savings? Well, to mull over all these uh, issues that women face when it comes to handling financial matters, I'm really delighted to be joined on the program by Christine Yu and also Nicole Denholder, who are the co-founders of Sophia, which is a platform dedicated to helping women manage their wealth and learn about investing. Welcome to the program, uh, Nicole and Christine. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Hi, Noreen. Great to be on the program. It's great. Thank you so much. We are live this morning on Facebook as well, so you'll be able to see Christine and Nicole there. Uh, Hop onto Facebook, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. Um, So maybe I'll start off with you first, Christine. So uh, give us an idea. Tell us a little bit more about Sophia. What is this platform about? Absolutely. We love talking about Sophia. So Mm -hmm. Sophia is a financial education platform focused on women's wealth. We work with financial services companies and corporates to deliver engaging and inspiring financial education um, to really help women create wealth throughout their lives. Um, You know, people ask us all the time, why women? Women live longer um, and women retire with much less wealth than men do. Um, And this is because they face unique challenges in creating wealth throughout their lives. So Sophia is here to change that um, and help women build wealth through financial education. And we do this through our digital um, e-learning um, courses, as well as hybrid and in-person experiences. Yeah, and it's so important because thinking back to school, I don't think we were really taught mm-hmm. about, we taught about a lot of different subjects, art, science, uh, very important subjects, but not really about money. So where did this idea come mm-hmm. from then? Um, well, it really, there's, yep, I absolutely love to talk about this because it's really our origin story and it's a personal story for all of us. And we have a third co-founder, uh, Tanya Rolf, who's based in Singapore. And the three of us knew each other, um, independently through our, you know, former, you know, other roles that we've had, you know, other interests we have in supporting female founders you know, um, angel investing. So all of that came together. And through that, we were talking to each other very organically around, well, how do we get more money into the hands of female founders? And how do we get more women investing into female founders? And it was really through that that we evolved our discussion and understood that it's not just around getting them to do angel investing specifically, but how are they looking at their whole journey to build up to that? And that's really important. And a lot of women were asking us as well around, well, how do I know I should invest in this? Because do I have enough money to invest or where do I diversify? And so it really was very organic that all of our experiences really dovetailed together to um, launch Sophia. Yeah, and I feel like women have good instincts when it comes to investing. It's just whether or not we have the funds or, or have the sort of confidence uh, to, to do that. Um, so let's talk a, a little bit more about the common issues that women face when it comes to um, financial matters. So, Christine? you know, the studies show that women are actually great at budgeting, right? So a UBS study shows that about 23% of women, you know, lead, or sorry, 80% rather, lead budgeting and saving um, for their families. Um, but the reality is that just 23% of women um, actually lead the, the 
financing of the family in terms of the long-term financing when it comes to insurance and investing um, for their families. Um, and there are a lot of reasons why that is the case. Um, some of those reasons include, um, you know, women, again, we, you talked about that, the confidence about investing. Um, um, but really, there's a lot of factors. It's really about traditional gender roles. It's, it's you know, how much money women are creating in their lives. And, and, and this thing called the gender investing gap, which, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about later. Um, so essentially, women are also, um, there is this deferment um, behavior that we're seeing, um, you know, in these studies where women um, uh, through marriage defer investing activities mm -hmm. to their partners, right? And so as they get further and further away, um, you know, from that investing uh, ability, that investing responsibility, that investing um, kind of framework, they're they're really getting less and less confidence, right? So so this is something that we're we're trying to address um, with our you know women targeted financial education. Yeah, why is that? Do, do women sort of hand over this uh, the responsibility to men, or are men just sort of uh, more demanding when it comes to I investing uh, the money? I mean, w what's the sort of uh, dynamic that you've been seeing, or people that you speak to? Um, well, I think just talking particularly to that deferment point that Christine brought up is that, you know, women are deferring um, control of their money at marriage. And it's interesting because they're feeling that they're not as confident as their partner in terms of making investment decisions and doing the research, et cetera. And, you know, but what you do realize is if you're both in your middle, you know, your early twenties, mid twenties, neither of you really have sufficient knowledge. investment knowledge yes. at that point. Right. And so it's interesting. Therefore, if you're deferring at that point, if therefore your partner for the next 10, 15 years is making those decisions, then in 10, 15 years, they will be more financially savvy and have more investment knowledge. Um, and it also shows that when partners um, do do this together and make those decisions together, um, it's better for the family. It, it, it's just there's a better knock-on effect. It's a healthier relationship all around. Someone may take the lead, but doing it together is really important. Yeah. Um, what I've noticed is that some couples sort of keep their finances separate. Some couples like to sort of um, merge their, 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 their assets and, and finances. Yeah. But when it comes to separation, which perhaps people don't want to talk about it, but it, sometimes it does happen. That's where we see the troubles. And that's when you see mm. that the sort of imbalance. And sometimes, unfortunately, the women are the ones who sort of have the raw end of the, the, the deal because they were the ones who weren't so-called investing. H have you seen that as well among yeah. some of the people that you've spoken to i mean well, i would say oh sorry go ahead uh, nicole well i was just going to say around i think that really feeds into the gender wealth and investing gap you do see that because if you look at women are living longer they don't control enough wealth um, they're not investing early and often enough and there's a number of factors that lead into that firstly it's the gender pay gap you know only um uh, women uh, hold 71% in cash versus men. You've got the wealth and investing gap where um, women who actively lead financial planning is only 23%. Women are retiring with 25% less wealth than men. And because of traditional gender roles, women can lose over a million US dollars over the course of their career by not investing. I mean, that's a big number just there. Yeah. Um, what about this sort of um, unfair generalization that uh, women are, are, some women are more frivolous with their spending. They like to buy, you know, expensive things and bags and, and shoes. Therefore, when it comes to, when it comes to the, uh, controlling the finances, the men are like, you know what? 
I'll take control of the finances. I'll I'll be the one in charge of the money. Um, because we do hear that. I mean, I've spoken to mm. to, to to colleagues and and people I know, and that's. The, the excuse that, you know, that the dynamics of their family, you know, you're not good with money, therefore I will take control. Yeah. So yeah. I'm preventing my eyes from rolling right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm preventing That's myself so from throwing up into the mic too. <laughs> I think that that is a trope um, that we are fed. Um, and I think um, there's actually, when you look at it, I mean, the stats alone say this, right? 80% of women are taking the lead um, in budgeting and savings for their family, right? So that really is mm-hmm. is a an unfair generalization. So, you know, we need to, you know, be attacking um, these these yeah. incorrect tropes um, and, and, sh- and and really helping you know people understand generally that you know we've got to be you know responsible in how we are how we're looking at the world how we're understanding our gender relationships and and how that feeds into wealth creation. Absolutely. I mean, looking at just, um, uh, you know, with with my grandma's family, you know, she came to Hong Kong with nothing and she's the most amazing budgeter and you build the family uh, on on that foundation. So really shout out to all the sisters uh, out there. So I I understand. We'll talk about the the, the gender investing gap um, that you mentioned earlier. How big is this gap and how serious is this problem? So, I mean, it's just looking at the statistics we've already shared. Um, it is something that we need to get on top of earlier, because if you're looking at women are losing over a million dollars in their careers, if they're retiring with 25% less than men, um, there is a need to talk about this. So that's great that we're here today talking about this, um, because there's just such an opportunity for women and the communities around women to understand that this is not healthy for anyone, right? And so this isn't healthy for partnerships. This isn't healthy for families. So um, there's a real opportunity. And that's where, you know, what we do at Sophia and what we're learning is that um, how do we start taking actions to work towards that? Yeah. When you talk about Sophia and when you talk about uh, talk to women, are they uncomfortable about talking about money? It's one of those subjects where people don't really like to talk about. Um, I, I think it's slowly changing, like you said. We're talking about yeah. this on, on live public radio. Um, are people still sort of a bit shy to talk about uh, issues of budgeting, how much they earn and how they invest their money? I think that when you look yeah. at, you know, how money is is addressed um, in and, you know, amongst women, amongst men, it's quite interesting. I think, you know. And I ask everyone this question is like, as a woman, you know, when was the last time you went to lunch and and sat down with your friends and said, so ladies, um, let's talk about our portfolio. Um, We just don't do that. And we have to force Mm. ourselves um, to to normalize these conversations because Mm. maybe it's how we were raised. Um, You know, what are the other environmental factors that affect how we talk and think and feel about money? That is so very important. Um, I think that, you know, we we all know in, 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 in male communities, um, the topic of money is just a very easily and naturally discussed topic. Yes. Um, and we just need to get over, we need to, you know, push the envelope here um, and get those conversations about money going amongst um, women communities um, in a safe space. 
Absolutely. And we've been running, we've been, when we work with clients, we run surveys and we talk to them, you know, how did your family talk about money growing up? And without fail, it's effectively, uh, you know, don't spend that or this is too expensive or we can't do that. The the discussions always cost, 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 right? Um, versus talking about the value of money. You know, how do you put money to work? So yes, talk about cost, but there's such a broader discussion that builds that confidence around that. And just going back to that women and spend the reality is you can spend money if you're saving, you're investing. Spending isn't a dirty word, but it's around having that balance in a household. It's it's having balance about, um, you know, what you all expect in life and where money should be directed. And you can, you can have joy in money. You can have joy in experiences or spending. That's okay. Um, but it's got to be wrapped up into a bit of a broader discussion. You're right. And that's such a it's much more healthy mindset when we're talking about mm. money in, in this way. But it's true. Growing yeah. up, and I'm not sure if it's because it's <laughs> in Asia, it's just a bit more conservative sometimes when it comes to don't spend this. It's so expensive. Yeah. I think we, we all grew up <laughs> with that sort of, well, I think it's global. Um, anyway, so um, congratulations to Sophia, because you have a new program called uh, Women and Wealth. Tell us a little bit more about this new initiative. Absolutely. Well, this is a, a special year-long program that we've launched um, specifically for our partner, J.P. Morgan Private Bank. Um, and it's an inspiring and engaging year-long program um, delivering um, financial and wealth management experiences, both in-person and digital experiences for both their customers um, and their employees, their women employees. So it, it's a really um, fantastic program because, you know, it's not just a one-off. It, it's it's really aligns with what they believe about helping women build wealth. Um, and we're really kind of, you know, delivering this holistic program. Uh, program for for their customers but also their their internal um, women stakeholders that's exciting and what sorts of things uh, will it help them uh, when it comes to uh, handling money so I think the first thing and you know we have different experiences to appeal to different demographics so you know I think for um, the, the customer piece of it um, we just had our first uh, roundtable experience and it was really talking about um, investing through all market cycles and we had incredible panelists but the discussion wasn't just about oh well how do I park my money in this market climate it, it was actually a really holistic conversation about the role of money in my life the role of wealth mm -hmm. What do I want to do with my wealth? How do I want to engage my children um, in wealth? Um, and and it, it was such a fantastic and inspiring um, discussion. And so it's really about creating that safe space for women to talk about the things that they care about um, and how money can can be a tool to really money and wealth um, and managing that for the future can be this empowering um, conversation in a safe space. Um, you know, we're going to be talking through different topics, um, for example, through, you know, sustainable investing is a big topic, uh, as well as, you know, kind of venture capital and funding for the future and money in the context of your own life um, as a woman. So those are um, really important topics, you know, for um, the uh, the women stakeholders um, at JP Morgan. Um, we have a really exciting digital program um, that really covers the foundations um, of investing and in money. Um, as well as um, delving into our money mindsets, which is, you know, at Sophia, we think it's so important to understand 
your money mindset, um, you know, as a fun- as a part of your overall wealth management journey. So both incredible programs, and we're very um, we're very proud and excited to be working with J.P. Morgan Private Bank this year. That's so many exciting opportunities, and we've only got a few minutes before the end of the show, uh, before the end of the the, the, the uh, segment. Uh, maybe Christine or Nicole, mm-hmm. you can share some tips on how women uh, can improve their financial uh, knowledge and also improve uh, their way of handling uh, money. Mm. Yeah, well, we love being practical. So, you know, it is around, you know, there's a number of steps you can take if you're thinking, how do I get on top of my financial knowledge or look at my wealth? So firstly, is understanding the financial goals you want to achieve and why, um, which obviously depends on your stage of life, your current financial situation, because that will help guide so many of the um, discussions you have. Um, you know, we've already talked about this, talking about money with your family and friends, set what we call money dates, where you can actively choose to talk about different money topics or what you're thinking about doing or what you've just read so that you're starting to socialize this um, for yourself and those around you. Um, getting on top of your finances, you know, do you have a budget in place? Are you doing your savings? Have you thought about an emergency fund for maybe a one-off medical event that could occur? Or if there's a change in job situation, are you financially in a place to deal with that? Um, obviously your risk tolerance for investing. Now you might be um, listening to people talk about, I'm investing in this and I'm investing in that, but you have to understand yourself. What is your, what allows you to sleep at night? Because that might be great what they're doing, but if you don't have the risk appetite for that, that's not for you. So risk tolerance and financial goals are really important. Um, Continual education, you know, courses like Safira are really great. Read the financial news, research jargon, um, look at examples you like. And always, this is the one, is consistent and regular review and engagement on your position. So making sure you're doing things regularly. You're looking at your investment portfolio. You're looking at your credit card statements, making sure you don't have late fees. Um, You're making sure your emergency fund, if it's not going really well and you can't seem to do that, why not? So constantly engaging with yourself and the relationships around you that are important financially on this is really important. Wow, these are excellent tips indeed. A powerhouse interview indeed today. Uh, Nicole and Christine, thank you so much for your time uh, this morning. Can you remind our listeners, how can we find out more about the work you do at Sophia? Uh, are you on social media and what's your website? Sure, our website is sophiawomen.com and we are on LinkedIn. Do a quick search on Sophia. We are right there. You'll find us. Can it, you can't not find us. <laughs> All channels of communication is, is wide open. And Nicole Denholder and also Christine Yu, thank you so much for joining us this morning. And I, I'd love to have you back on next time to share more uh, financial tips with our listeners. Thank you so much uh, for your time today. Thank you, Noreen. Yeah. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Let's read it on.